Beloved, most days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, most days, Satan, I believe, has got his little demonic vehicle on cruise control because the people are obliviously doing his work for him. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. Before we jump into our teaching tonight, I want to remind you of a very special event that's coming up here in a little over a month. And that seems, well, about six weeks from now. And it seems like a long time in some respects since we have all the Christmas uh, trappings in between, but that would be our 20th annual Youth Awakening. Youth Awakening. Let me tell you about it. It's a weekend event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. It's a premier youth event for this area. Kids come together from all over to worship the Lord, uh, to hear the Word of God, to worship together, to fellowship together, to make new friends. It's a tremendous time of encouragement, and it's a time of equipping. We would love to have your youth from the area come and join and be with us. I promise you this is not the kind of an event where we're looking for new prospects necessarily, uh, but we're looking to equip kids and send them back to their local church to make a difference in the local church. That's what Youth Awakening is all about. We'll be telling you more about that uh, in the days to come. I just wanted to get that filler out there and get you to reserve those dates of January 27th, 28th, and 29th of 2023. And I know it sounds like something way out in the future, but it'll be here before you can turn around good. I'm going to continue tonight uh, with a messenger in this particular teaching whenever you may be able uh, be listening to it. It deals with the issue of those who walk away, walk away from the things of God and then, at some point in time, they come back. Now listen, after over 40 years, 42 or 43 years of pastoral ministry, you've got to know I have encountered a lot of folk who have come into the church fellowship for whatever reason. They've walked away. Listen, that's not good news. It stinks when that happens, and it happens way too frequently. But something that doesn't happen too often but is very encouraging is when those same folks uh, decide to let God do a work in their life and they come back. They're reestablished. A lot of times the reason people leave is because they become discouraged and they don't know how to handle that. Or there's some interpersonal relationships uh, that don't go exactly, it does not go exactly the way they think it ought to go. They don't know how to handle that and they just walk away from the greatest thing that they've ever encountered in their life. And that's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and His church. And they began to think about that and realize it was better when they were in than when they're out and they return. Well, this message is going to deal with that very topic. And I may be, probably am speaking to somebody right now. 
you're in that position where you've walked away and you're beginning to sense in your spirit, this is not the right thing. I need to get back. I trust you'll be encouraged to that extent. Our text passage for this particular teaching is Acts chapter 12. I want to read another verse in your hearing, and we're going to jump right on into this. This is found in 2 Timothy, which seems like a long way from Acts, but it says this, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 11, Paul is writing and he says to Timothy, Get Mark, Mark, and bring him with you, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Wow, what an encouraging verse of Scripture. I trust that the Lord would impress it on our spirits and we would know and understand just how significant it is. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now, and I pray in the power of the Spirit, by your word, you would draw men and women and boys and girls to yourself. Lord, I pray for that one that has strayed, that has walked away as you begin to deal with their heart, the, the inner man. I pray that even now would be the time where they say enough is enough. I've got to get back. There's a hunger and a thirst that's drawing me back. Give them the strength to follow through. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. So is just as real. It's a reality. Heaven is real, but so is hell. And the devil is fighting with all of his might to take as many people with him to hell as he possibly can. Do you know why he wants to do that? It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with spiting God that kicked him through the goalpost of life. He's trying to get back at God. And the one way that he can do that is by taking persons that would normally worship God or ultimately should be worshiping God. Does that make any sense at all? So, beloved, the devil is fighting, and there are a lot of people that come into churches just like this church right here, and they hear the gospel, and they understand they don't have to spend eternity separated from God, and they begin to serve God. They really do. It's a joy. And they're just, we hear it said all the time, they're on fire for the Lord. And then the devil gets right up in their face. Listen to me. I've had people tell me this. You know, I never did really have any problems till I got in that there church. I just told you why. How many of you know as long as you're on the devil's team, you think he's going to mess with you? Huh? No. But when you come against him, you say, Satan, to hell with you. You get back there where you belong. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, you, you better know he's going he's gonna to booger up. He's going to call in some demons. Did y'all hear what he said? We'll show him. wonder if that's what happened to young Mark. When oh, Elimus, the sorcerer, the demonic dabbler, got all up in his face. I just wonder. Listen to me. Now, lay my passion aside. I have to tell my football players all the time, don't y'all listen to how the coach is saying this. Listen to what he's saying. They might scream and holler and them little veins pop out on their neck, but listen to what they're saying. Will you listen to this? A lot of people struggle, and a lot of people walk away, and a lot of people check out because of a lack 
of word intake. I know some people probably think that I'm just ranting and raving about you need to read this every day. Or my, my dear daddy with a sixth grade education that can't read reminded me at our homecoming a couple weeks ago that he took issue with one thing I said. You got to love it when daddy tells you that. So what's that, daddy? He can't read. He said, you said if I didn't read this, I, couldn't, I wasn't going to be right or something to that effect. I said, daddy, you know what I was talking about. He listens to it. He does, probably more than a lot of people that can read. He listens to it and knows it and, and sets under people that do read it and people that preach and teach. He's, are you with me? You, you need to be in this, not just in this, but allowing this to get into you. Does that make any sense at all to you? And because of a lack of word intake, many people are overcome by the enemy or a lack of word proclamation. Now listen to me. I'm going to tell you something that is uh, for such a time as this. You need to hear it. You need to hear me out. There are churches all over the United States of America today where men walk around carrying something like this, uh, like a Bible, but they never preach from it. And if they do preach from it or talk from it or teach from it, it's in order to tear it down and tear it apart and try to make their congregation believe that it doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm not that guy. I believe it's the Word of God, and we need to study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word. Listen, beloved, the Word of God is not being heard, is not being taught, is not being caught in congregations all over the United States of America today, so it's no wonder that people don't know it and don't understand it. It contributes to a lack of maturity that brings to the surface an ignorance that is overwhelming. Please hear me out. When I say an ignorance of the word, I'm not talking about people that are stupid. Some of the most intelligent people in the United States of America today are ignorant when it comes to the things of God. Oh, they're very smart. And they'll... They'll pull one over on you or stick one in you if they get a chance. They're smart. But they're so ignorant of the things of God. I am a little bit befuddled. Have you ever been befuddled? It's a terrible place to be. Befuddledness, they, they need to come up with a drug for it. I'm a, a bit befuddled over the preponderance of ignorance among Bible-believing persons with regards to Satan's schemes. Beloved, most days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, most days, Satan, I believe, has got his little demonic vehicle on cruise control because the people are obliviously doing his work for him. Huh? Hey, boys, we don't need to go in today. Look at them ignorant people down there. They're they doing what we was going to do. Y'all just on do whatever demons do on their day off. Whatever the reason, whether it was like Demas or something demonic, or ignorance, or youthful 
in experience, Mark walks away. Can you imagine how he must have felt when he got back home? His mama that had the prayer meetings probably anointed him, sent him out. She's probably so excited as a mom. And here he come back and says, Mark, my boy, tell me about the trip. Uh, later, mom, I'm a, I'm a bit tired. <clears throat> oh, we'll talk later. You want some cookies? You want some milk? Let's, let's talk about this. Mark, how was the trip? What happened? Well, mom is like this. I deserted the team. Hmm. Can you imagine how he must have felt? Probably defeated. Probably humiliated. Probably shamed. Maybe relieved in a weird sort of way. Some of us can imagine how he must have felt. For we too have had our walking away moments. Maybe not physically. Way too many physically. Certainly, spiritually, and emotionally. Well, is that the period on the end of Mark's journey? Look at your neighbor and say, no. There was still hope. Understand what we're talking about. This dude quit, left, walked away. Left these guys in a lurch. But there was still hope. Number six on your notes. If you have had or possibly now experiencing a walking away moment, whether it was physical or emotional or mental, if you've had such a season and you are defeated, you are humiliated, you are shamed, you can't seem to shake all of that. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. As we continue to unpack the gospel narrative, years later, we find that once again, John Mark is with Paul. Did you get what I said? Years later, John Mark is with Paul much later on. The record reveals this. We're only left to speculate about the reunion, but I've got a feeling it was a humdinger reunion. But obviously Mark had matured through the years and had become a faithful servant of the Lord. You catch those key words, he had matured and become a faithful servant of the Lord. And Paul, the leader, the apostle, uh, in some respects, much more than a leader, a leader of leaders. Paul the Apostle recognized him and benevolently referred to him as my fellow worker. Isn't that something? And near the end of Paul's life, Paul sends this request through Timothy. Paul's locked up, old man about to freeze to death. And he says in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 11, Get Mark! And bring him with you to visit me because he is, look at this, helpful to me in my ministry. Man, what a story. He went from a deserter to someone that was helpful. What preacher wouldn't love to see that guy coming? He went from walking away to making his way back. Hallelujah. Paul wisely recognized his progress and considered him 
now a valuable companion. I want to close with this. Question for you. How is it that Mark was able to recover and yet some spiritual streakers <laughs> never do? How is it that he was able to recover and some never do? The nightmare of every pastor and as far as I'm concerned, every born-again, spirit-filled child of God, the nightmare is people who come in to the family of God and they walk away and we never see them again. How is it that Mark was able to return and some never do? Number seven on your study notes. I could preach, I probably will unpack this at some point in time. I'm not going to do it right now. But for some people, we've sang about this this morning. Thank you, worship leader, for minding the Lord. For some, guilt and shame is insurmountable. Can I see your eyeballs just a sec? For some people, guilt and shame is insurmountable. What in the world does that mean? That means they are not able to overcome it. Not able to overcome it. What is guilt? Let me give you just a very brief uh, outline of, about guilt and shame. Guilt, uh, by definition, is the reality of a wrong action, meaning whether you do it on purpose or it's human error. How many of you know if you're guilty, you're guilty? Yeah. Shame, on the other hand, watch this, is the emotion that you experience as a result of the reality of the wrong action. Let me play it out to you this way. You did it. You know you did it. You can't believe you did it. Have you ever said that to yourself? You wish that you never had done it, but you did, and you're embarrassed, and you're shamed by your own actions. Who in the world among us hasn't been there in one way or another, one fashion or another? How many of you know this morning by a big old hallelujah that self is one of the most difficult persons to forgive? Hmm? Self has to forgive self. Seems somewhat self-seeking, doesn't it? Self-serving. But it's true. Let me leave you with this. We'll unpack it later. How does one get up, get back, and get on after a season of walking away? You preachers always telling us what we're doing wrong. Tell me how to fix it. Here we go right here. Number one, first of all, you admit that you've forsaken the team. None of these excuses. Watch this. I don't believe you have to go to church to be a Christian. Here's my great theological response to that. <laughs> admit you've forsaken the team. You know, at some point in time, Mark had to admit that to his mom. Mom, just stop it. Let me tell you what happened. And I, I'm speculating again, but I believe that was part of the conversation. Do you remember a fellow that we know by the name of Prodigal, the wandering son? What happened? Oh, I mean, he was living it up. Man, you talking about forsaken? He took his money and run. Living it up. Party, 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 party. Until his friends run away and his money run out. And he looked around and he's like, this stinks. <laughs> See what I did there? He was in a hog lot. Yeah. 
Secondly, you realize, and by that I mean you acknowledge that it ain't over till it's over. Will you please listen to me? It ain't over till it's over. So long as you have breath to speak, then you have the mechanism for restoration. That's the getting up part. Again, that's what the prodigal did. He didn't just sit around the hog lot thinking about this. He got up. He left the slop. Everybody say he left the slop. Left the slop. Thoidly, you don't let pride push your best judgment to the curb. What are them people over the church going to think? I'll tell you this. If them people over at the church are the church, I know what they're going to think when you come back. If them people get all upset and treat you like a cotton-eyed knitty muffin or something, <laughs> they're not the church. Let me say that again in case you missed it. People that treat you like the devil, they are not the church. Well, they say they are. Well, they're lying. Amen. And it's no wonder you know who their father is. The father of liars. But I know how the church reacts. Luke 15 shows us. I don't have to speculate. The father went running back to the prodigal after he left the slop and decided he wasn't going to let his pride push his best judgment to the curb. Beloved, that's getting back. We've got up. We're getting back. Lastly, you believe what God's word says. Look at the screen or look at your word with me. Listen to this. This is the word of God. I didn't make this up. Psalm 32 and 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. That's what David said. And did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave, look at this, I love this, the guilt of my sin. And there's that little word, selah, which means think about it. Ponder that. Solomon gives us this in Proverbs 28. He who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them, puts them away, will find mercy. Acts, New Covenant, chapter 13. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. What a wonderful message for me to proclaim to this audience and the broader audience that listens, listens by way of Certain technological advancements. Psalm 130, the first part of verse number 4. But with you, there is forgiveness. Beloved, when you begin to believe those things and embrace those things, that's when you're getting on. Let me tell you what I know. There have been people that have come into churches and have been engaged with ministry that have walked away for various and sundry reasons and at some point in time Holy Spirit of God begins to or continues actually to draw them and woo them and at some point in time they come back and it is amazing the work that God can do in their life if they'll just believe and if they'll just let him you have to let him hey if I'm talking to you this morning please don't do this to God now, I know what quitters think. I don't deserve it. I want everybody in here this morning that deserves to go to heaven to stand up right now. Listen to me carefully. Everyone in here that deserves to go to heaven, 
I want you to stand up. Beloved, let me wrap this up by asking this. I want to reiterate something to you that we went over just a few moments ago. And it's just the, the answer to this question. How does someone make their way back once they have walked away from the things of God, once they have walked away from the church? How do you get back? Listen to these four things. You admit that you have forsaken the calling you admit that. You confess that. Be honest about that. Secondly, you realize that it's not over till it's over. As long as you have breath to be able to confess and speak and make things right, then there is hope. You don't let pride push your best judgment to the curb. Now listen, I'm speaking to somebody, and I know how that is. Once you walk away, it's a matter of pride. You say, I can't come sneaking back. I just can't humble myself to do that. Let me, let me encourage you, beloved. When you do, it will release and open up uh, the floodgates of grace in your life unlike anything you have ever experienced before. Don't let pride rob you of that experience. And then lastly, believe what God's Word says. And I want to read this verse to you one more time. Listen to this found in Acts 13 and 38. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. It's true, and I know we don't want to admit it. When people walk away, sometimes it's because of hurt, but ultimately it's because of sin. We allow some offense to separate between us and God, between us and God's people. That's sin, and we have to pinpoint that. We have to admit that and acknowledge that. As we do, it makes room. It opens the door for forgiveness to take place in our life. Forgiveness, something that God is more than willing to pour forth into your life and, uh, and to bless you with. I know we have a tendency to believe that when we hang on to infractions, things that people have done to us, things that have caused us to walk away, when we hang on to that, we feel like we're in control. Just the opposite is true. You're not in control. You've lost control. You've allowed your emotions to dictate to you what to do instead of listening to the Spirit, the Spirit of God, which is all about forgiveness and restoration and redemption. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now, and I pray for that one that has walked away, and in particular, that one right now that has realized that that walking away wasn't the best way. They need to make their way back to the way you I pray, Lord, that you would give them courage to do so. And as they do, as they take that step of faith, I trust that the healing would begin and the forgiveness would begin in their own heart and life and that they would be restored in their relationship with you, restored in their relationship with the church. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, I am fully aware of the, the complexity of such situations. And I'm not trying to minimize anybody's hurt or that which may have transpired in your life or even the season where you've been away. I'm not trying to minimize it, but I'm telling you there is hope. You can come back. You can be restored, and I trust you'll find that. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I want to remind you before we get out of here that we do have a regular schedule of activity Sunday morning, 
at 10 o'clock. Man, that's a restoration time. God has really been moving in our services recently. We also have midweek activities. We call it uh, C&C groups for the adults, care and compassion groups. That begins at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. We'd love to see you. I am Terry Knighton, pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back? Mm -hmm.